So a bit of follow-up from last week. Uh, Baz, your What's Making Me Happy recommendation from last week. I The game Gora Goa. Oh my God, yes. Um, so I tried it out in the family uh, over Christmas. Yeah. Great success. Everybody really enjoyed it. So thanks for that. Uh, did anyone complete it? No. Okay. We're, we're not exactly completionists in, our, in my family. So yeah. That's all right. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, it's kind of it's just an interesting game. It's just a different perspective, really, on what you can do, I guess, with the with games. So I'm glad everyone enjoyed it. So good Christmas, everyone. All presents went down well. Yep. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good, yeah. I have a slightly funny follow-up story. So I was talking to you last episode about, you know, I'd gotten everybody, like, the wire cutter recommendations. Um, and so one of the things I bought was I bought a, a, a German made like notebook for everybody, including myself. Um, and so when we were all opening them, I, I was like, haha, none of this poncy French notebook shite. This is like proper <laughs> German stuff with page numbers and two uh, ribbons to keep your place. And I was very bombastic about this. Um, I was fine until I um, opened one of my presents from Sheila, which was a moleskin notebook. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. But then being me, of course, I didn't just kind of laugh and shut up. I tried to sort of um, backtrack in a sort of panicky sort of way. And she's just like, just shut up. Just shut up. (laughs) She knows you well enough at this stage. Exactly. (laughs) Feckin' Egypt. Yeah. That can be for your more creative artistic expressions now, and you can use well, page numbers yeah. for real work, you know, and then <laughs> you can just sketch and, you know, go to coffee shops and all that they, sort of... As I do. Things that you you assume with the people with the moleskins. <laughs> so the notebook for me, I have actually quite a few New Year's resolutions this year, and I didn't intend to set any... But, uh, okay, but you do intend to share them so we can hold you to them publicly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, completely. <laughs> okay, so resolution number one. I guess this is good timing as well because I've had uh, two weeks to sort of try them out. Um, so first resolution is a bit of a boring one, but um, it's to keep a proper notebook at work. Um, so just literally like, you know, start of the day, new page, write the date and write down stuff. Joe, you know, that I I learn about during the day, or that I try and didn't work, um, and it's going okay. I'm trying. I'm finding it a bit hard, actually. Truth be told, like some to days, come up with stuff to write down, or to just think to of it. remember to sort of write down. I mean, the justification was it was behind it was that I'd find stuff that I'd run into at work, and then six weeks later I'd run into the same thing again, but I'd kind of forgotten what. <laughs> the solution I found the first time. So it's, I guess, an attempt to be a little bit more conscious and sort of recording mm. and There's reviewing. no search function on your uh, notebook? Nope. Oh, that's the problem. Yeah. There is um, a type of notebook, and I put a link in the show notes. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but it's an erasable notebook. It has pages in it, and they all have a little QR code. And when you're finished with it, you just wipe it off with a, like a baby wipe or whatever. And... Um, yeah, and then you just you have it digitized once you you take a picture with an app and it, mm. it digitizes it and does all the, the fancy stuff. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I think uh, you'd probably prefer the the paper overall for that sort of that sort of stuff. Even yeah. though you can't search it, you probably you know you 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 tend to what I find with the the written stuff versus the the text stuff. I have a physical, I have a spatial representation of where something is in the notebook. Mm. And I kind of flip around and I'm kind of like within a page or two of it, you know, like what you kind of lose digitally. This is it. Yeah. So that's resolution number one. Uh, Resolution number two is the weekly links. Yes, been enjoying them. So every Sunday I post uh, a list of links that I enjoyed during the week. So what I do is... When I'm reading stuff during the week, if I like something, I put it into pinboard. I don't use tags or anything anymore. And then on the Sunday, I go through the list and reread them and kind of take maybe two thirds of them and put them on the list. Um, 
And I guess the reason for this wasn't necessarily the publishing. It was just I was kind of, I was really reading really interesting things, but maybe, you know, my coffee break at work or something where I kind of, I maybe just flicked through it and thought, oh, I really enjoyed that article. So this is sort of forcing me to go back and reread stuff that I enjoyed during the week. So resolution number three. (laughs) Let's just stick with the, to have a third. Oh, well, there's uh, the Facebook thing. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. yeah. So I sort of rage quit Facebook. Um, and wrote rage quit Facebook, but it took you like 12 hours because after you posted the article, you were waiting, looking at your likes. Yeah, I wanted to get like maximum <laughs> likes, obviously. <laughs> I, I only got about 25 in the end, feckers. That's all right. Maybe all your friends have all quit. Yeah. <laughs> um. So... Like, I wrote an article about it and I was trying to explain, like, this is bad for me. Like, I'm losing touch with people. Um, A lot of people who I don't have any other way of contacting. And I'm sure you guys are the same. There are people who maybe you were very, very close to at one point, but now lives in a different country or you don't see them through other social means. So social media is actually the only way you keep in touch with each other. And that's not a bad thing. It can be a good thing. Um, But I guess I was finding the other bits of Facebook that were kind of not making me happy. And yeah, like it was just even for me, I just decided to give it up. So I still technically have a Facebook account, I'm sure, but I haven't gone on it since (coughs) 2011. So you're six um, years ahead of me. Yeah. 2011, um, wow. Yeah, and there's one or two accidental logins or stuff like that, you know, where I accidentally opened an app and somehow it still has mm. credentials in it. Um, you know, so I've, they're, they're, I've uninstalled the apps even because I have them there by accident and I click on something on Hacker News and Facebook app would launch, you know, other than that kind of thing, and then eventually I deleted it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just... Again, it was just that, like, uh, there was too many people that um, I didn't really know on it, but that I knew well enough that I had to, you know, had to be honest. Seen to be trying. Something like that, yeah. And it's just, like, even back then, there was, like, there was one particular, um, it was just her complaining about her husband and, like, not to him. About it, and I was oh, just like, God. "Is this where this shit is going?" Like, and that that kind of did it for me. Then, like every day, there was just this vague booking of from a, a few people of just nonsense. Like, and you know the oh worst day ever. Oh, what happened, hon? Oh, don't want to talk about it. Or fuck off, so <laughs> you know. And like that, like so, I was just like out of here. Do you know? Um, I don't know. I haven't seen them people since. Um, I removed them from the newsfeed. I did all that sort of stuff, but then I just decided, eh, it's fine. I'd still do um, Instagram and a few other and Snapchat because they're not Snapchat, especially because it's just there. I don't have to go on it if I don't want to. There's no, you can't waste hours on it. You kind of look at everyone's story and then you kind of go, well, that was nice, and you're you're gone again. Do you know, you can spend thirty seconds a day in it unless you're actually chatting, and then Instagram. Same again. Scroll through some pictures. You're done. No long drawn out arguments or mm-hmm. weirdness or anything like that. And are you keeping Twitter, uh, Thomas? Yeah, for the moment. See, I, I I think Twitter is a different category. Yeah, yeah. For me, anyway. Um, like Facebook is friends, or it's people that you kind of know, or people that you know. Um, I know you can like brands and stuff, but. Like, at the time I left it, everyone that I was friends with on Facebook, I knew in real life. I don't know anyone on Twitter in real life other than you guys. Do you know? I, there's a few Limerick people, but that's not what I'm on it for. And the same with, um, you know, same with another few things. You're, you're the same, I assume. Like, you don't use um, Twitter to keep in contact with, with friends, like. No. Some, yeah, some of your mates are on it, Baz, I see. I follow some of them. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's not more of a... To keep in contact like i think people kind of publish different things on twitter you know it's not generally about life kind of stuff aside or something funny or something they're interested in um i think it's more kind of sharing interesting stuff rather than oh, and hey it's guys. more public 
Uh, yeah, definitely more public. In in the, the, the feeling that it's more public, anyway, mm-hmm. whether it actually is or not, you know. Yeah. So one tip for both of you, and actually anybody who's around it, so I, I did go and delete my account, and I sort of, I went through and unfriended everyone, and then um, did a download of my data. Um, and actually, Facebook's data download tool is actually really good. It's really quick. Um, but just even to extract all your photos from it, it's kind of nice. Um, do you Does it my- let you download photos that weren't yours but that you were tagged in? I had to do that manually. I think the uh, yeah. I think the um, the export only gives you your own photos. Um, but yeah, it's kind of nice. That was like when they did they they brought back Bebo, and remember you could just like add other people's photos to your. Oh, to your yes. galleries or whatever so I went on it then as like I downloaded the photos and it was just my profile picture and nothing else <laughs> <laughs> so I never actually bothered to upload one myself I just took them from other people's things hmm. it was a disappointing zip file and like oh it's just just my face ah look at us bunch of middle aged men not getting social media anymore there you go yeah. Or getting it all too well. <laughs> yeah. We're just not with it anymore. This is an app called Forest actually and I've been using that um, it kind of it doesn't lock your phone, but you plant a tree and you set the time so like an hour, and then if you open your phone within that amount of time, it kills the tree. Oh. <laughs> and you you grow a forest with the amount of uh, time that you've your phone locked that you can't get at it. You know. And how so, long does it take for the tree to grow? Oh, whatever amount of time okay. you set for, how, how for that you particular set it? thing. Oh, whatever. Like, if I'm watching a movie, I'll set it to an hour and a half. If I just want to work for half an hour, I'll set it to half oh, an hour. Okay. If I'm just whatever, like... And you can look at your forest as um, kind of temporarily, so you can see your forest for this month versus last month and stuff like that. It's pure gimmicky, like, but it does... If you open the phone, it's like, hey, put that down. Do you know, or if you close out of the app, you get a local notification straight away saying, return immediately or your tree will die. And you're just kind of like, oh, my God, not my tree. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, you know, it's it's dumb, but it's just it stops again the the absent-minded picking up the phone, like watch the movie, set it for the duration of the movie, and then every time I pick up the phone, it's kind of like don't do that, and I'm like, oh yeah, shit, I'm watching a movie, <laughs> and um, do you know what? Just that that aspect of it, I can still look at the messages on the Apple Watch anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's cheating. Ah, uh, maybe. <laughs> Just um, found it funny that the Apple Watch is the only Apple product that's not susceptible to the new round of uh, the uh, Spectre and the other the other CPU bugs. That's interesting. Is that like a Raspberry Pi thing? And that like just because it's it's probably just too dumb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Speaking of the we 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 recorded our last episode before this actually became public knowledge but the whole um apple slowing down your phone because of the battery degrading um has has come to light and they're actually being sued in france by um uh, a group that oppose planned obsolescence in technology Mm -hmm. so i thought uh, at this stage look anyone listening is more than familiar with the with the what what's happening but where do we stand on it? Like, I think it's, it's obviously communication could have been better, but I think it's a fair engineering design. Yeah. And I think that it's the exact opposite of planned obsolescence, I think. I think so too. Um, I guess it's the thing, you know, maybe there should be an option on your phone that's like, you know, improved battery life thing that... You know, that's, that, that just says, you know, your apps will run slower or anything like that, but your battery will last longer. Or do you want your battery to drain quicker and you're, you know, getting overduce in performance? Um, I guess, yeah, they just needed to be, you know, it needed to be more kind of vocal about it or it needed to be highlighted within the phone itself that this was happening or it's a feature you could turn on and off, probably. Um yeah, I think people will complain either way. And I think, like, from my understanding of the implementation is that if this wasn't the case, then the phone would just black out or brown out. 
yeah. when uh, it was using too much power, when it was drawing too much from the battery, it would just that's it, and the phone would just shut down. Mm-hmm. So um, that mean that renders the phone unusable, first of all. True. Or you, you're literally like, oh, my phone's below fifty percent. I can't, I can't do anything. And you're you're running around with a charger, um, like people with Android phones, um, <laughs> and uh, you know that that kind of a thing. And other than that, then you do get the the longer expected lifespan out of it, albeit with a slower processor. And again, I think for seventy to eighty percent of people, that is exactly what they would not even notice. That's, that is exactly what they would choose and what they would need. That's true, actually. It really is extending the life of your phone a lot more, isn't it? Kind of the opposite of obsolescence and stuff like that. You are getting, that's it. Yeah, you are getting a lot longer out of your phone because you've got a crap battery now. Because yeah, it turns out there's even battery shortages at this stage Yeah, um, for the replacement, so they're not having too good of a time of it. No. But um, better communication, but I think... I think it's clever, and it's it's something that you can see them. They've actually started to add. It's, it was one of the things that they added to the watch, and I think they added to the iPhone Seven. Was it the double the set of processors so that it would um, use the lower power processor when it was doing the background tasks or it was doing the the non intensive tasks? You know, so it's a pretty good engineering solution. It's pretty cool that they were able to do it. They should have told people, but. I'd much rather have a phone that did that than one that just cut out. Um, question for you two. Um, do you both still have your sixes? No. It's still functioning on a daily basis, but I don't. Oh, you don't have my it? my possession. Okay, somebody else has it. Um, so I, I suppose I was just wondering, like presumably, I presume we get the 20, the 30 quid battery upgrade at some point, do we? If if your phone battery has less than 80% full charge, I think. And presumably both of your old phones would be at that level just because, you know, you, you bought them not long after launch. You're relatively heavy phone users. Yeah, I imagine it was. I, I, I remember when I gave that phone away, when I got the 7, that iPhone 6, it was the 6 Plus, I guess, at the time, but only ha- which only had one gig of RAM, but it was running really, really, really slowly. Um, that's over a year ago now. So I, I have a feeling mine had the battery replaced. Oh, okay, oh, they did possibly, but that would have been um, unofficial. Like, <laughs> okay, that's another thing we're getting screwed over. I guess being in Ireland without any Apple stores, that you have to get it sent away, uh, and you never get all these fabulous stories of like people on Reddit have of their Apple Store experiences either. Yeah, yeah. I went in and my keyboard didn't work and they gave me six new iMacs and actually um yeah. a colleague of mine he um there was a I don't know lightning strikes there a couple of weeks ago and basically a whole load of his electronics in his house got fried through HDMI ports um so his PS4 and his Apple TV and a few other things ouch yeah yeah it sucked and he had yeah, he was kind of lucky, I guess, for some of his stuff, but he he got screwed over and a few other things. So he brought his Apple TV into CompuB, and they were like told him he'd be waiting ten days. So they were going to actually do the repair in store in CompuB, um, but he did end up getting a brand new four K Apple TV out of it, and he just replaced it in the end because he couldn't get the part. So cool. he does have a lucky story, I guess, from you know a local store. But I guess that's not always the case. I didn't realize they did anything inside like that. I've never had a problem with any of the local stuff, but it's just never the the amazing breaking you know, the rules thing. Yeah, yeah. So spare a thought for me with my iPhone five S, which yeah. isn't affected. No, because it's like dead. Feckers, they could at least give me the 30 quid battery upgrade. <laughs> uh, there is rumours of the SE2. Yes. Yes, March. March. It's going to be awesome. So that could be great fun. Any, any rumours on specs or is it all just... Um, the only rumours I've seen is the the A10 processors. Is that the 7 one? Um, yep. So not the 8 processor from the 8. Which I'd be fine with. If I can get Touch ID 2, I'm happy. 
and especially on a phone that side the the process is fine yeah um no none of the 10 features then or anything like that or no, no dual I, cameras or anything yeah i doubt it i'd say like they'll go for price um so pretty much an iphone 7 in a smaller box yeah cool with with a sort of probably a camera not great um but that's fine um if they don't bring something out in march i would be very upset but it'll give me time to save up for whatever fancy in October. Um, I have to get something. Is there sometime. generally a March product re- refresh release or anything like that? I can't remember. Yeah, uh, traditionally there has been something. Okay. So do you expect anything else to come out? iPad Pros, maybe? All right. It's iPad Pro time of year, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. Be interested to see what they do with the lineup there. Um you know, we decided it was perfect, and we're not going to do it. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Like it's pretty, it's pretty class. Um, yeah, and if they do a watch thing, although that's normally later in the year. Um, but yeah, uh, we spent quite a lot of money between us and Apple Gear last year. Who? Yeah. Mm. Didn't get so, the didn't get the ten, but I'll wait for the next one. I think on that. Yeah. Um. So basically, if you were to get anything, it'd be the phone this year. Because you're happy with your watches, your iPads are great. Yep, phone's still great. Yep. I don't use my Mac Air except for now for recording. Um, it's iPad Pro pretty much all the time. Um, but again, this thing is still perfect, you know. Dave, do you see a scenario where you actually held on to your 7 for another year? I could, yeah. Um it it depends on how tempting the upgrade offers are when when the time comes. Uh, realistically, uh, so that'll be whenever the either the nine or the eleven comes out, or yeah. I assume they're going to drop the the eight line um, next year, maybe. Um, and uh, I'll see. I'll see how much it is. It's a lot. Um, it's a huge amount. Even with the upgrades this year, it wasn't it wasn't tempting at all for me. I end up cancelling yeah. my bill. And going to a, a sim monthly deal just to save some money. I yeah. kind of had kept my bill on in anticipation of it and getting the upgrade, but it was a pretty lousy offer. Yeah, pretty pretty bad. And like, I'm not as active an app developer as either of you, mm-hmm. first of all. And if I am, I'm I'm indie solo. I'm I'm on my own doing it. I don't have a company with test devices or anything like that. So that has been one of the main reasons that I would get it. But I have been, um, I have been kind of surprisingly. It's mainly iPad stuff that I've actually been been approached for development work. Oh uh, wow! Lately, iPad only like so it doesn't mm-hmm. even run on the iPhone. Um, so that's that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Um, and just on top of it, I think my next purchase would be an iMac. Oh, really? Yeah. Any particular model? As big as I could afford, but not the <laughs> yeah. Pro anyway, because that's just ridiculous. Yeah, that's ridiculous. 27-inch, um, because it's a nice screen, 5K, 4K, whatever it is. Um, but again, that's that's a nice to have, and it's not a need at all. My MacBook Air 2013 is still fine. Um, it's still perfect. Okay, perfect's a strong word, but it's it's perfectly usable. The SSD really saved it. Mm-hmm. Like I got a I got a new computer at work. Uh, last uh just just before Christmas, and it is a spinny disk still, and oh. um, it just so it just seems so slow in comparison. Like so, I think as with 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 um computer at work as a daily kind of driver i think um it's it's uh, using that as a benchmark i'm good for another few years Mm -hmm. so i'm just pricing up imax um so the cheapest 21 and a half inch the 4k one with the fusion drive um because an ssd is a bit more expensive again um is 1700 it's actually not yeah. that bad and no then... and again like i think i tend to think of these as at least five-year investments mm, especially now and then the 5k starts at 2200 and is that the 27 inch or yeah yeah i'd be tempted for the 27 inch one now i would 
that's that's green you just <laughs> walk through it like especially because your retina everywhere else right like if you're oh yeah my macbook air is ugly to look at like but yeah. it's but it works like you're kind of like oh my god i see pixels you really don't notice the difference and i yeah i use whatever 2k i guess most of the time the retina stuff but i don't notice the difference when i go back to my macbook air <laughs> Uh, just look at that Wi-Fi icon. Look at all those horrible, jagged pixels. True. I do actually notice I, I have a an iPad mini in work, actually. I do notice now the refresh rate on toggling between pages because I didn't notice it so much, um, the 120 hertz on the iPad Pro. But going back now, I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, it must be there. <laughs> um, as a matter of interest, Maz, Baz, what, what, what model of iPad mini do you have in work? Uh, does it have a thumb it has yeah it's it's a four i think okay yeah it has touch id yeah and that supports split view then yes it does yeah because i was surprised the mini 2 and the ipad air don't support split view oh yeah Um, this one definitely does because i think i put the beta on it when it first came out and yeah it was doing pretty much everything i think i asked both of you this before but um you're heavy, I both heavy iPad users. Do you get frustrated at the apps that don't support split view? It's a, yeah, it's, yeah, but I just tend to not use them. Yeah. Do you have an expectation, say, random app? Like, are you surprised if it does support split view, or are you surprised if it doesn't? So, actually, I, I still use Facebook. Um, that one doesn't have split view on it. That's rather, Really? Yeah, that's rather annoying. I don't. I guess I don't really use it uh, as much at home. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't really look at Facebook much at home sometimes. But I, I usually just check it on my phone every so often. But it, the times that I did try it, it was just like that's probably why I don't use it maybe as much on the iPad. Um, you can't split view into it. Yeah, that's annoying. Because actually, one of the things I find is one of the most. Um, efficient or easy ways of kind of when you're developing an app and just checking that it works at all phone sizes is actually to to have an iPad as your kind of development um, device. Mm -hmm. So you can just have it in split view and just try the different... Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, Most content consumption ones, again, I don't know, Facebook, like, tend to work fairly well, or at least they should. Um... And there's there's one or two awkward ones that don't, but they're also I think some of them actually died out with the iOS eleven update. Okay. Um you know, where um where they they they, they show up on the or the, the app developer needs to update this pops up. Ah, so, okay. so I think it's out. it's yeah, it's there's there's a few that don't and they're not things that you would need split view for and you can mm. still use the pop over. Yeah, the slide over or whatever. Slide over or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. which is good enough for most most yeah. things, you know, because the apps that don't do split view also don't do drag and drop, also don't do okay. any of the good things that you would use it in split view for, you know. Um, I've said the one thing about the iPad in general that still is holding it back is text manipulation and text selecting text or like even doing the show notes and just going to get like I did absolutely everything except recording the last episode was done on the iPad. Um, so we recorded it using Cast. I downloaded them to iCloud Drive, and then I just opened the iPad, and every single thing until it was actually in your ears was on um, published. I did the the uh, the WordPress and everything all on the iPad. So absolutely every single thing was done on the iPad Pro mm-hmm. for the last podcast. Why? And getting the links for the show notes was just slow and painful, you know. Not having the 3D touch to move around the cursor and then being able to select text again with the kind of extra touch and stuff like that. Yeah. Is, but that's one of my things going back to the iPad. I, I miss. And the the pencil makes it better. Okay. But you have to have the pencil on you when you're doing, you know. Which I've um, flipping lost. What? Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, down your couch. Sure, it's down the couch somewhere. I must check. I've, they I've, must have some. Uh, oh no, it's it's fairly it's fairly dumb. Like so, you mightn't be able to find it with a Bluetooth thing. Or yeah, and I said the battery's dead in it now. It's been a month or two. <laughs> oh well. One thing I'm missing this week actually is I used um, 
ProTube, I think it was called, um, on my iPad to watch YouTube videos. And the best feature about it was um, having picture-in-picture. So basically they took it off the app store there a couple of months ago or actually I think Apple might have removed it from pressure from Google at the time um, because the app didn't deliver ads or anything like that and it offered features that YouTube want to eventually have in YouTube Red which again I think is only in America so I think the official YouTube app has picture in picture if you're a YouTube Red subscriber um, but the other one doesn't so I've had to, and then this week then, you could still use the app up to this week or last week. All links are dead now. Nothing works anymore because the API was changed so much by YouTube. Um, So that app is dead. So I've gone back to be using the regular YouTube app, which I really, really dislike on the iPad. No picture in picture is the biggest thing. Um, And having to like, you split view then for videos where I said, yeah, it's a bit annoying. Bastards, Google. You're, you're bastards. <laughs> so it's the 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 last mention of it I can find is a month ago, but YouTube Red doesn't have picture in picture either. It doesn't. Okay, and that's one of Apple's guidelines that you can't you can't have a uh, you can't have um, native features locked behind a paywall. Right. Okay. So they don't have unless you're Google. Then. Maybe I don't know. So like, yeah. it's like no, that's part of iOS. So you can't charge people to unlock. You know, yeah. If you, if you search Reddit, actually, there was a few posts last week about it. Everyone's like, did this start working for you? And it's like, yes. <laughs> What's their reason? They're bastards. Like, is it is it ads? So, I think the reason for stopping third-party um, apps was probably a lot of it was to do with ads. And that was the thing. There was, I'm going back then again to using the official app and that just noticing a lot more ads playing, which I'm fine with, you know. It's, it's grand but yeah the third party app ProTube didn't have ads at all the funny thing was the ProTube app always started in HD videos in HD um, YouTube does a thing of loading loading videos I guess in a lower resolution and then going up to the higher resolution um, even stuff there was just like on if you're doing two finger pinch to make a full screen on the iPad it does the thing of you know you can drag videos down to kind of into a smaller window it kind of gets mixed up with that just find the whole even the ui is just just so white and bright on the screen a lot um yeah not, not a good experience compared to the third party apps but they probably know that then <laughs> have you guys been inspired i suppose from using the ipad like i've seen a few people sort of write that actually there there is a market for higher end iOS apps on the iPad where you can charge kind of more money. Um, have either of you guys had any app ideas like for the iPad or that would work well on the iPad? Well, I'll, I'll support uh, I'll support the notion because I have bought several twenty euro plus apps. Oh, um, interesting. Ferrite, um, and I think that was twenty plus and things. Okay, that's that expensive, right? Yeah. And that's separate to the iPhone one, which is also separate, so it's not a universal app. Oh, wow. Things that is ferrite is. <laughs> so any ideas from either of you? No, I, I always think I've had trouble coming up with iPad apps. Found it a lot easier to come up with ideas, I guess, that, you know, were just apps in general, but not specifically for the iPad. I've, I've ideas yeah. for apps that I don't know how to make. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> which is uh, which is annoying. Like, I w- well, that's fine. You got the idea. You just find someone who knows how to make it, and then you spit it fifty-fifty. You'll be fine. No, yeah. no, get them exposure. It's that's free. It. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Screw that. Yeah, uh, you want to be famous, kid? <laughs> as some as someone in work said recently, it's it's just like writing essays, programming. Oh, what? <laughs> that's how he. Yeah, he's like, it's easy, you know, like programming. It's just like writing essays. I work with a lot of hardware people. Um, and in the end, I woke up because it was all a dream. It was definitely not a dream. Oh my C minus. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> and yeah, this is, I don't know, postdoc level maybe or something. <laughs> Having in no knowledge verse. of that level of education. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, in uh, Ukrainian. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'd, I'd love to do something that made... The mundane, like, nearly everything that annoys me about 
the iPad is the speed at which certain things happen. Mm. Like if I want to assemble the links, if I want to do something, you know, like it's just, it's just all a bit clunky. It has to be, but like it would be more kind of an in-depth, how the hell would I figure this out? Can I link into WebKit to make it so that I can select text easier? You know, that, 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 those kind of things like I'd make a web browser that was focused on selecting text (laughs) (laughs) silly stuff do you know Um, that's an interesting one actually because even just like presumably you could at a very basic level like if you had a a text view or whatever you could start by rolling your own text selection right like that's yeah you couldn't do it on a web view but you could sort of try and reimagine uh, yeah, it's an interesting one because it is terrible. Like I absolutely agree. And even like long pressing things, like I feel like I'm wasting seconds of my life repeatedly trying to copy the URL from the the bar in Safari and stuff like that. It's like, to, to, like to, yeah, okay, copy. Yeah, <laughs> the okay. way I find it with um, iOS 11 is opening new links in Safari in new tabs, mm. and now yeah. I have to wait a second. If you if you're on the iPad, if you use two fingers to click a link, it will open it in a new tab automatically. Oh, top tip! I don't know yes. if that's for iPhone, but definitely on iPad that works. Yeah. So, yeah, I suppose what I'm saying is I want a mouse for the iPad. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or some or the the Apple Pencil to behave differently when you work with text, which I would like. That would do me if I could just take the Apple Pencil and and select text easily without having to go into tap it, select, whatever. If I just, if I touched something with the Apple Pencil that it selected it, that would be magnificent. Question for you both. Um, There was an article recently, uh, Mark Gurman, I think, in Bloomberg. He was talking about a rumour that Apple are going to come up with some sort of unified framework for developing apps on iOS and Mac. Yeah. Now, we can argue like or discuss you know what kind of thing that would be would it be like the Photos app which is sort of very um iOS on Mac like or is it just kind of unifying UI color and NS color and the rest of it? But I, I suppose my question was if Apple did come out with something that would enable us as iOS developers it would make it easier for us to develop Mac apps. Would that make you more likely to try? Yeah, probably. I, mm, yeah, I think. I think it would be a nice freebie, I guess, to have. Like, if you imagine developing the iPhone app and being able to kind of just throw it up on the Mac as a freebie, it wouldn't be half bad. We do a lot of um, inside and work. We do a lot of iPhone apps and. We're doing a lot of web apps with very similar functionality. And I guess not everyone's going to have a Mac, but for the people that do have Macs, if they don't want to use the web app, you know, we might be able to just, you know, throw out the the app version equivalent, maybe spend an extra few days kind of, I don't know. I suppose you'd have to do a few different things, really, for the interface, but, you know, you don't have to have the buttons as big and stuff like that. You could probably do stuff better to lay out, but for something free, it might not be too bad to have it on your desktop then as well. About, yeah. I, I want to say, hmm, eight years ago, I could be wrong, there was a thing called Chameleon. It was UI kit for Mac, and it was started by the Icon Factory. Oh, yeah. They make, I think, is it Twitterific? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the the blurb was like, if you're an iOS developer, you know UIKit, and basically they it was a drop in replacement for UIKit that ran on OS ten, um, and basically it was a clean room implementation done um, of it, you know, and um, the public classes and method names and everything else was was open source, and you could just go, you know, like if inter if. Uh, idiom you know you ui user face idiom phone ipad and then if it wasn't the two of them it was just the mac like you know so you could uh use your mac code 
Yeah, I'm looking at Twitterific uh, now, which actually is an interesting story in itself because it was kind of reborn with a Kickstarter. Um, I do think, like, so I know I gave a very short talk at our meetup once and developing Mac apps, but I really did, haven't done anything with it since. And I do think, like, this is my own computer that I use every day. I wish I could just take a bit of time just to be able to do very basic Mac apps, like utility apps mm-hmm. or whatever. That like, why are, why am I not programming the computer that I'm working on? Um, but I guess it always just seemed a bit scary, and you know the uh like the or the origin being the wrong side for views and stuff. Um, but that's laziness more than anything. So just it's four years since uh, Chameleon had an update. On, on GitHub, and it's seven years since the the README file had an update, so <laughs> no, maybe not much has changed. It, it's weird, like, because we all started as desktop developers, you know? Um, mm-hmm. me, and, me and Delphi, we, we go back a long way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still, I would just love Delphi today. That was as good as it was, as Delphi 3 was um, on Windows back in the day brilliant just here's a form you want to drag on some stuff cool double click it yeah cool type in your code go you know it's like visual basic but like real programming in pascal <laughs> and I miss does that. does interface builder and xcode come close to you to like delphi no like it still lags in the usability believe it or not um, okay. Like in the way that you connect things, Do you know, like in Delphi, you just you you double clicked on a button. The 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 um, the form had a had a class linked to it. I suppose I I don't know was MVC around back then properly, but uh, it definitely wasn't used as the default kind of kind of setup for these things. But essentially, the view or the view controller class was instantiated you gave your button a name you double clicked it and you started typing there was none of this outlet crap or dragon stuff you know and i think that was um i I see obviously that that is beneficial and it's a much better way of doing things technically but um i think it's also one of the things that catches a lot of beginners in ios and it's nice to just double click a button and start coding V- yeah, VB4 something. as well. That was the last version of VB that supported 16-bit Windows as well. <laughs> Showing my age here, guys. So even though I'm in danger of having too many New Year's resolutions, um, something I wouldn't mind trying at one point is just getting proficient enough with AppKit that I can create little toy apps for myself just to process text files or little stuff, calculators, that sort of thing. Yeah, I've used... um. Uh, Python for a few apps, and I've used With, uh, TK or whatever it's called. Okay. Um, to do the interface, that's absolutely painful. Um, okay. Uh, but I needed two buttons and a thing, and then I used Py two axe for Windows, and I used Py to app for Mac, and then I made them a Python app, and they worked fabulously. You know. Um. Yeah. So that was the Python side of it, and then if you come to the dark side. Electron, hmm. which sadly I think is the way that most people would approach a desktop app these days. It seems to be almost industry standard at this stage for a cross-platform desktop app to be essentially a local HTML JavaScript app or React or Angular or whatever that crap is um, wrapped inside of a full copy of Chrome. And I guess the only reason why people pay us to make native apps on the phone is often just because of sort of, I, I, not necessarily that they're that much better. I mean, I think they are, but I'm not sure the people paying me do. Um, but it's just for um, hardware integration, right? And I think Apple do a pretty good job with their with their guidelines of making it so that it's a good option, you know? But then, you know, the the interface guidelines are as good, if not better, on the Mac. And yet you have big companies like Slack taking up two gigs on your machine because it they've decided it doesn't work for them to do 
to write a native messaging app. <laughs> but it's the same on all platforms, though. Like, I mean, I think they wrote one client, and then why not just package it up? Do you know, they're two different. I think it's the the cost versus the you know the the standard software development problem. And mm. um, I I think sadly, um, a lot of the time, it's well if we use Electron, we have a Linux client and we have a Mac client. Um, and if we use the web, a lot of them are packaged web views on iOS even. Um, like I used Basecamp for a good while, and that was that app was like 80% That's web view, view yeah. um, and a small bit of, of other stuff. And it was fine, like, you know, it was it was fine. They did the things that needed to be done well, well enough that I didn't care. But, um, you know, I think Spotify is a web view on Mac even. On the Mac, yeah. Um, and I'd, I'd imagine some of it is on iOS as well, given the lack of a of a TV app. Because they could easily just put a, here's a list of your playlists, you can play them. And if you want something else, get lost on the Apple TV to placate people. But they don't have anything. Mm. Whereas I have full access to Apple Music on the Apple TV. Which is nice, considering I don't have a stereo in the sitting room anymore. Or ever. <laughs> um, you guys were talking before about, uh, Baz, you were talking about losing your pencil. Yeah. So on Christmas Eve, oh. I also lost a white thing made by Apple. I lost an AirPod. Oh, no. Yes. Oh. A long, uh, slightly complicated story. I, I was sick. I, I was off fish work a few days before Christmas. Immediately fell sick. Had to drag myself into town Christmas Eve just to get a few bits. And I was just like, I was running a temperature. I was not well. And just managed to, oh, whatever. It, I, I brushed it out or something and it was too long. And I was just like, oh, I'm sick. I can't go around with the stupid find, find iPhone app. So I'm like, okay, I'll eat it. So went home, said I'm not going to think about it. And then um, New Year's Day, I went online and tried to figure out what my options were. Um, so... 80 euros later, I now have two AirPods again. Oh. So I only lost one. And that 80 was just for the one, was it? Yeah. Basically, it's 80 if you lose the case or either one. Um, it was a little a little cheaper than that, maybe 65, maybe. <laughs> yeah, they were going to charge me 12 quid shipping as well. Oh. So it would have been 92, but they forgot about that. That's nice of them. Um, have you guys used the if you have to contact Apple do you do the text chat or do you request a callback or I've always spoken to them for some reason but maybe the text chat didn't exist it's been a few years since I've had to uh, to contact them I'm going to say it's 2011 since I've had to phone Apple thankfully okay. so Apple um, we know some people who've done the, who've worked for Apple but Apple had this interesting um model for customer support in that a lot of their a lot of their people doing customer support aren't in a call center they're actually working from home yep i have a friend that does that same yep. so yeah so it's kind of interesting you know because i was just <laughs> thinking about it when i had the call like oh you know th- I'm, I'm not actually aware of many other companies that do that you know normally you call a place up and you can hear it's a call center like you can hear other people talking mm-hmm. in the background yeah. so because like i mean i know so many people whose jobs could just be done from home as well yeah mm. but i think there's i don't know i think in in some ways apple have the tech knowledge to make sure that people are doing their job um whereas other companies didn't, mightn't didn't one of our lectures come up with a patent for that exact thing of working from home, call center stuff, working from home. It was one of the, um, it was about routing calls to available operators, yeah. So if people, oh. so you could, if you were kind of part-time or whatever, you could log in and sign into the, to the, to the phone system and then it would route calls to you, you know, that, that sort of a thing. Okay. I think we were, at the time we were just like, oh, that's for like, uh, sex phone workers. Because <laughs> <laughs> huh? we were like, yeah. <laughs> That's the way we thought. <laughs> it's college, so enough my, said, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my experience, I've had to call them a few times over the past few years. 
my experience has been okay. I wouldn't say it has been fantastic. Um, I did tech support in a call center in college, so I, I've I've been that soldier, and I yeah, I understand what a weird and wonderful uh, group of people are out there. Um, it's not easy work, you know. Um, but the few times I called, basically, I was calling. I knew I. I had a service request, basically, and the only way of fulfilling the service request was to call them up and book it, right? So, like, a battery replacement or um, or you want to pay for a screen replacement. Um, and it always, t- it always seems to take 15 minutes to get there. Like, we get there in the end. So, I ring up and go, hi, I need to replace a lost AirPod. Uh, oh, we don't sell AirPods. You can go to the Apple store. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know, but you have this thing where if you lose one, you can pay for a replacement. To the right, I'm like, no, 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 we don't do that. This is for service. And then you know, you have to go and talk to a supervisor. And look, there's so many products, and I, I, you can't know everything off the top of your head. And I'm sure it was probably more a software, their support software failure rather than the person themselves. But uh, yeah, so okay, I'd say. I've never actually had to ring them. <laughs> there should there should be a oh shit button in the find my AirPods uh, menu, <laughs> and yes. it takes you a direct link to buy them, which would be much better because they're not losing anything by selling them one at a time for eighty fucking quid. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's two hundred and forty quid for a pair of AirPods if you'd buy them one at a time. Like, <laughs> what are they on? What are they on? You know. So, Baz, you haven't had I to know. ring them. You're lucky. My iPhone four. Because you couldn't pull out the battery. You just black out for days at a time. Um, and it was obviously just hung on a black screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm. I sent it back to Apple. I was like, my iPhone is just dead. It doesn't turn on. It doesn't do anything. And then they just sent it back. And they were like, no, that works fine. What are you on about? And then I got it back and it was working fine. And the same thing happened again. And I just had to wait three days for the battery to run down. It obviously got stuck in an infinite loop or something. And eventually it... It just started working again when I plugged it in. So that hmm. happened three or four times with the iPhone 4. And uh, that was my, my, my few returns to Apple. You had the the returns there with the 5S as well recently. Yeah, I mean, look, as as one of you said earlier in the episode, we just suffer from not having an Apple store because there are some things that... You know, you just need to go in and talk to somebody and explain and, you know. But anyway, look, it's fine. They're grand. I told you they're going to replace my screen on my MacBook for free, though. Oh, excellent. You got in before the the cutoff, did you? Oh, shit, is there a cutoff? Because I haven't sent it in yet. Oh, no, but like for doing it or whatever, isn't there? I don't know. What is there? (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs) Think you just ruined Thomas's night just there. <laughs> ah, well. That's nah, not that bad. It's gone. I'm just waiting, like uh, the non-retina display, and just waiting for my eyesight to get worse so I don't notice. Be grand. And the cheap way to 4K, yeah. Cool. So what's making us happy? Huh. <laughs> That's never good, Beth. Well, obviously there's stuff, but... Yeah, I just, just yeah. like, how much can I talk on them, talk yeah, about on stuff in I public? I won't talk about this on this. I got something. Quick, um, I had to send Baz a file during the week, and I used uh, I think they launched it like a year ago. So Firefox Send, yeah. Um, so do you remember this, Dave? Is Firefox's kind of online thing for sharing a, a single file? I don't remember that at all. It's the first time I've ever seen it. No, it is vaguely, class. Maybe. It is class. Hmm. You just basically, you you drag over the file into your browser, gives you a link, you send the link. You can either say, delete it after it's been downloaded X times, or delete after an hour or a day or whatever. Mm. But just for that, like, sending a file to somebody, there's no messing around with Dropbox. That's really good for, like, designers and stuff like that. Yeah. A lot of people, I guess, yeah. Um, what's the limit in size? They're kind of a bit vague on it. They just say, oh, anything over a gig might be a bit dodge. I guess for movie sharing and stuff. Yeah, but they don't sort of, I don't like, they don't sort of say, 
Um, they don't have any hard limits as far as I know. Really cool. Um, on another note, I believe Firefox is pretty good these days, or recently. It's amazing. I heard it's very fast yeah. and stuff like that. Um, is that your primary browser? I'm still on Safari, um, but I I tend to use, like, I, I used to do Facebook and any Google services through Firefox, so I was kind of trying to keep the two separate. Oh, yeah. mm. Actually, one thing yeah, I will bring up in another podcast, um, I saved a link I'll share with you guys just so we can do a bit more research, was um, Safari's, you know, they, they added this feature of, like, uh, preventing websites from tracking you through cookies and stuff like this oh the machine learning stuff yeah yeah and i know one company has reported big losses because of it again we do some more research because people in comments were like oh if you update you can get around the system so yeah something kind of cool to talk about and maybe in the next podcast um to see how good it is actually working and you know if the if the ad companies are smart enough, can they just get around it? And was it a wasted effort? Cool. Mm-mm. Was that what's making you happy, Wes? No, it's just more of a <laughs> just talking about browsers and stuff. And nah. what, what's your default browser? It's 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 one of the reasons I'm staying with Safari and stuff like that for features like that. But it's I don't know if it's just a a task. It's too hard to you know uh, successfully implement. Yeah. So. Um- I suppose what's making me happy this week, unfortunately, only works in uh, Chrome, which is uh, a bit meta, but uh, cast. So, T-R-Y-C-A.S-T, TriCast, and we are, we've recorded the last episode on it, and we're also recording this episode on it. And what's also making me happy then is Ferrite for the iPad, which has been the most amazing audio editing experience of my life. Really? Oh, man, yeah. Like, it makes, it literally makes Audacity look like a flint axe. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a Stone Age tool in comparison. And does the pencil really give you extra sort of dexterity with it? It does, yeah. And it just, it just makes it feel better and feel quicker. Like you're kind of tapping around the place. You're, you know, it's, it's, um, I, I, I have very little to complain about. Like, I, there was one or two things that weren't intuitive and I just had to look up a YouTube video how to select multiple tracks because everything I did ended up in not selecting multiple tracks and then it was just tap it three times and I was like, okay, and then now you've everything selected and that was the end of it. So some of the gestures are non-obvious but other than that, it's it's absolutely fantastic. Cool. Um, ha. Again, there's lots of stuff making me happy, personal stuff that I probably don't talk about in the podcast. So I'll recommend some, um, I'll recommend an iOS app that I guess <laughs> that I was playing today. And it's won the lottery and is a secret millionaire. Everybody. Yeah, God, I wish. <laughs> you, uh, lads, I wouldn't be here. I would not. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, lads. <laughs> I'd be dead in a ditch somewhere. You all know that. Um, <laughs> Overdosed on indie games. Yeah, I recommend two games, actually. One is an augmented reality game. It's actually, I was just on the App Store there, and it's a featured app of the day is Shadows Remain. It's kind of cool. So it uses Apple's AR kit. You just need a flat surface, and it creates a a room of a house, and it's a haunted house kind of thing. But it's just kind of fun. You can zoom in and you can or you can move around the whole room and stuff like that. You can rotate the room as well if you don't want to physically move around too much. But it uses some cool uh, perspective stuff to save puzzles that you have to tilt the phone at certain angles to get stuff to line up, like shadows and stuff like that. Um, I only played it, I guess, a couple of weeks ago and I haven't had a chance it was before Christmas actually I played it I haven't had a chance to get back in but saw it in the after there I think it was free a uh, bit of fun to use uh, definitely worth checking out a kind of cool um, AR game um, another one then it was 3 or 49 and it's called oh god I think it's called Million, Million Onion Hotel um, it is a <laughs> yeah it's yeah Million Onion Hotel it's a match five game where you tap on onions and it's really weird it's really really odd 
and there's all this little storyline in between the game that I don't know how any of it connects yet. Um, I'm not good enough to probably get the full storyline. I've gotten quite far in the game. It's kind of a fun one that you will go back and play just to progress in it. And, you know, you definitely improve as you go along. But just odd. And I love it for being odd. There you go. 